God, where the fuck did you come from? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> out. <laughs> Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So how are we doing today? We are doing good. And I'd like to start off this episode with a uh, little acknowledgement to our previous episode. And um, newsflash, I'm human. (laughs) Wait, what? I know, right? You never told me that. I know, I know. It's hard to believe. I'm shocked. We're all human. (gasps) Me too? You too. If you're listening to this (laughs) podcast and can understand it, you're human as well. And even if you can't understand it, you're human too. True. (laughs) Larry, you're not a human, but we're getting you there. (laughs) You want to expand on that a little bit? Oh, Larry's my cat. No, I mean, oh, oh why you're human. (laughs) I mean, if anyone's been listening regularly right now, they should know who Larry is. I love that. Like, do you want to expand on that? I was like, yeah, this is Larry. He's my cat. Let me show you a picture. Like, oh, we can show pictures. No, not showing the pictures. Like, maybe later. But not it's right like now. every single time it's like the birth of a child for me. I'm like, look at how cute he is. I was like, yeah, we've seen your cat, Serena. I mean, I love Larry, so go ahead and expand on Larry as much as you want. But I was thinking maybe the other things that you were saying might want a little expansion. Looks like I'm going to have to do like a, just a Larry podcast so I can get it out of my we system. keep threatening it. You know it's going to happen at it's some point. It's not a point. threat. That is a gift to the world. You know what? That's one of the episodes that's not in our planning notes yet. The Larry episode. The Larry episode is not in the planning notes. That's got to go in there. Stay tuned, people. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to why I am human. Um, so I, we were, after we did our recording, something kind of hit me and I was like, there was a lot of negative self-talk in that episode on how I described myself from you know, where I was in my journey to where I am. And I believe I called myself intolerable. Yeah. And I- I don't know whether that was the word that you used, but like, oh, that's, and like, it, it's interesting because negative self-talk is something that so many of us struggle with. And um, do, and I mean, I, I, I focus on, I used to be in a place where I'd constantly feel like I was talking down to myself and doing the, oh, you know, just everything was tail between the legs type of deal. And it's like, well, you, you did this wrong and you did this. And now I know it was like, then it was me meeting my needs at the time. Not in the best ways. And not in the best ways. <laughs> yeah. Definitely in the red spectrum ways. And definitely not um, being aware of interconnectedness or any of that sort oh, of stuff. No. In self first. I mean, those yeah. phew, weren't <laughs> even a, uh, a consideration even a back on then. the radar right then. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the time when I was, quote unquote, intolerable, I was meeting my needs in the best way I knew how. I didn't even right. know that I had needs beyond the basics that we learn and how to meet them and how to do it in ways that were. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here (laughs) because I think that we, I think that you're absolutely right. We are meeting our needs. And I also think that there are parts of us that know, like if we're being a little bit mean to other people or if we're not being kind to other people, like something inside us, I mean, I know I've done this in Mm -hmm. the past where I haven't been good to other people and it has been a really poor strategy to meet my needs. And I think that there is a part of us that knows that and knows that we could be doing it in a different way. So I don't want to just kind of give us a a pass on that and be like, oh, well, I was meeting my needs, so that's okay. Um, I think we can own the fact that we 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 were doing things that we knew at the time weren't the best way of doing things and we're human, right? Yes. So it's like, it's okay to have those human moments as long as we also take responsibility for, hey, this is what I've done in the past and 
that's not who I want to be. And if I can, I'll apologize to those people and make amends for it and, and what have you. But I think that I don't want to give us a pass because we were meeting our needs and going, or because we're meeting our needs, it's okay that we did that thing. And also we want to understand that part of the reason we were doing the things that we were doing was because we were meeting our needs. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, that makes absolute yeah. sense. Because at the, I mean, years ago, I knew I was an asshole. Like <laughs> I knew it, I was proud of it. Like mm-hmm. I was proud of it. Like it was where I was from. Like, mm-hmm. And I still am a bit of an asshole, but not in the same way. And it's... Well, the thing about it is, is that you're human and you allow yourself to be all the things that you are. Um, and I think that's the thing is that we don't allow ourselves to be all the things that we are. And I think that it's like, yeah, there's that, that part of you that still exists that wants to kind of view the world that, that way. And that's, that's part of you. And there's also who you choose, how you, where you choose to act from and who you choose to be and where you choose to put your energy. Reminds me of that, um, the Meredith Brooks song, like, uh, bitch, like, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother, like all these different, like, it's like, we're all of these things kind of wrapped into one and all of those things always exist within us. Mm -hmm. Like that, the bitch inside me is always present. The asshole inside you is always present. And who do we, we're like, who do we choose to give focus and energy to? And who do we choose to operate from? That's where our power lies, I think. Yeah, definitely. I was in my head again. (laughs) I was like, oh, I have something to say. Oh, he's saying it. (laughs) Well, I, sorry, I I didn't mean to talk kind of, talk for you I just felt like that maybe you were not being as kind to yourself as you could be in terms of just accepting that yes that's present Mm -hmm. and I know who you choose to be now and that's not from that place right and so and it's 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 a very it's a hard contrast between who I showed up as before and who I show up and choose to show up as now and mm-hmm. taking things such as interconnectedness and self mm-hmm. first and all of the things that are the principles of what we teach and being able to be like okay and even in that moment like I didn't what that could have started and in the past what I think it would have started would be kind of a downward spiral mm-hmm. into negative self-talk into the whole I'd be like oh well you know, you, you, you said this and then that made you feel bad that you said that and then you mm-hmm. feel bad and worse and just keep digging. So I was like, actually, no, I think I'm going to acknowledge it on the next recording and right. just show people, A, we're human. Like, we, we try to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the goal. Well, and I think the important thing with this is is to recognize that awareness and accountability, accountability is the key word here, is that like being accountable to ourselves, being accountable to who we want to be in the world is is really important. And um, there's a difference between accountability and blame. And mm-hmm. I think that, that a lot of negative self-talk is very much about blaming, which is about wronging. It's like I'm wronging myself. And normally that um, it... it there's a um, we're going to do a series coming up um, on the difference between guilt and shame, but just a little mini spoiler alert here: guilt is I've done something wrong, shame is there's something wrong with me. And in a very very broad nutshell, obviously there's a lot of more nuance in it than that, but that's a very kind of broad brush thing. And I think what that negative self talk tends to be is that it's that shame spiral starting. It's like there's something wrong with me. I've done something wrong. And that ends up becoming quite a self-destructive spiral. Um, Whereas if it's like, I've done something wrong and that's where the guilt comes in because our humanity kicks in and goes, I don't want to do something like my, I, I feel bad that I've done this thing and it's impacted somebody else negatively. So that's our humanity that kicks in. And that becomes the internal motivation to not want to do it again. Is That's where the accountability comes in. Like, like recognizing I've made a mistake and I don't want to make that mistake or I want to rectify that mistake, that's what accountability looks like. And I think that what tends to happen with the negative self-talk, especially some of the things that you're kind of referring to is more, um, it's like, it's almost like um, self-flagellation of like, uh, there's something wrong with me, I'm a bad person versus I made a mistake and here's how I'm gonna be accountable to that, here's how I'm gonna apologize and make amends and avoid it happening again in the future. Um, And I think that 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 subtle distinction between accountability and holding ourselves accountable for being the people we wanna be and blame is, it's a a subtle difference, but such a profound one. Well, that in an account, in, in talking about accountability, like, I feel that a lot of times, like if it was negative self-talk that affected somebody else mm-hmm. in 
why I'm doing this here and haven't I've gone through my own process of being accountable to myself because that's not how I want to feel like I don't know how you want to treat yourself that's not how I want to treat myself so immediately I went through the steps to meet my needs to make sure that it felt good within me and I'm like well I've been talking to however many people are listening to that podcast and I want them to know a it's okay to be human b that I'm human and c like I don't want them thinking that that's that's a good way of that's a good way of doing it because it's not (laughs) yeah I agree I agree and it's interesting how we kind of started off today talking about negative self-talk because today we are opening up a little bit of a can of worms I think Um, should be a fun one today because today we're talking about toxic positivity now this is a big 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 subject and we are only going to just brush the surface of it today um but i do think it's an important thing for us to discuss and address especially because um people don't realize how much toxic positivity actually compromises needs and compromises your needs and the needs of of other people so i think maybe to start off with what are we talking about when we are talking when we say toxic positivity what do we mean um and i think that what we're talking about is where it is a false positivity or a forced positivity where it's like and it's not true to what's really going on but it's like we've been told that we should um always look on the bright side or we've been told that we need to focus on the positive that we need to put energy like where your um uh where your attention goes like that's where you're gonna that's where you're feeding energy um and what toxic positivity is is normally a uh, an ig- ignoring or a denying or of avoiding of the reality of what is going on. A masking as well. A masking, exactly. It was literally where I was, you took the words, I love how we work together. <laughs> literally, like, it's literally like putting a mask on the situation. It's like going, it's like that, that oh God, everything's terrible, but I'm gonna put a happy mask on, everything's fine. Like, um, and it can, it can show up in a number of different ways. But I think that the reason it is toxic is because it is not in line, in alignment. Well, it's two things. One, it's not in alignment with reality. That's not the whole story. Um, and um, but most importantly, the reason it is toxic is because it often compromises your needs and the needs of others. So I can I hear some people like, like, why why would being positive be a bad thing? Like why 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 would that like how would that compromise needs? Well, seeing since emotional experience and expression is one of our needs, and go ahead and. It, it's impossible to be happy in positive, maybe not, in, maybe not impossible, because that's an absolute and we're trying to get rid of absolutes, <laughs> but the chances of being truly like internally happy and positive all the time just isn't realistic. It's almost like we're human. <laughs> nice tie back coming back to what, I mean ultimately being human is about experiencing everything that is present and it is just not the human experience to be in a this this sense of positivity all the time um, because life happens like life is not all sunshine and rainbows although some of us try to pretend it is and that's the that's the kind of almost delusion and denial that happens when we go into that um, that toxic positivity of like no everything's fine remember let me just paint a sunshine on this and put a butterfly over here it's all good um and then when that but when that veil is lifted like mm -hmm. part of the reason and sorry i know that i completely interrupted a thought but part of the reason that it's so jarring jarring and like harmful Mm -hmm. to those around you and to yourself is because if you're doing toxic positivity if you're like slathering it with a sugar coating Eventually, you're going to realize that that's all it was, was Mm -hmm. something you kind of slapped on to make it better. And then the reality seem better. Make it seem better, yes. Mm -hmm. Then when you get back to reality and it's even worse because you have now... There's a contrast. There's a contrast to this, what you've created and not... Well, not actually, not what you've created. Yeah. The illusion that you've been trying to convince yourself is true. There's a disparity between that and reality. Um, and when we talk about emotional experience and expression, we talk, and we've, we've discussed this when we've spoken about emotions previously, about how that is about experiencing and expressing the full spectrum of emotions. We have a full spectrum of emotions. And it's very, 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 very unlikely, especially in the world that we are living in right now, that you are only having experiences that are going to create 
positive emotions. Like we've been through a global pandemic. We're still going through that global pandemic with the political unrest and the various other things that are happening. Um, There's war happening in the world. Like we're human. And if we are aware of these things, then we're going to have other emotions other than just the, the kind of positive ones. And this is the thing, is that when we engage with toxic positivity, what we are doing is we are compromising our emotional experience and expression needs. Now, this is not about saying, oh, you can't be positive when something is genuinely positive because emotional experience and expression is about expressing what is present and, or experiencing and expressing what is present. So it's like, if something is genuinely bringing you joy, connecting to that joy and expressing that joy is absolutely part of that need. If what is present is creating um, anger or sadness or fear or anxiety or whatever it else uh, else it is, and you slap a positivity like mask on the top of it, what you are doing is you are compromising your emotional experience expression needs because you're not actually connected to and experiencing and therefore processing what is really happening to you. And what that means is that those unexpressed emotions are going to hang around in the body and then they can in, in a number of different ways. One of the other ways that toxic positivity um, shows up and how it is harmful to other people is when our response to somebody else causes them to shut down their emotional experience and expression need. Now, again, if you are, we've talked about this, um, I think it was in the previous episode, like if you are fully connected with your needs and you know your value and you're going to do what's right for you anyway, you're going to process, like if, if I was around somebody who wouldn't allow me to express what is, what's present, if I'm expressing um, sadness, for example, and I'm around somebody who's not going to, who's trying to, to um, uh, toxic positivity wash that and you'd be like, no, everything's fine. I'm going to go away and process that on my own. I'm going to go away and feel it and express it um, and experience it and express it on my own. But most people aren't in that place. And most people haven't taught, been taught how to process emotions, especially some of the less comfortable ones, which is one, which is the ones that tend to be up when this stuff is happening. So if, say, um, uh, I went to Serena and was like, so this really sad thing happened and blah, 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 blah. And she'll be like, oh, but there's a silver lining. Or like, you'll be fine. It's okay. And actually, the truth is, it's not in that moment. Or even, oh, let's go get your mind off of it. Yeah, exactly. Now... There's a difference between sometimes it, the whole getting your mind off it can be a short-time coping strategy. That's not that's not a bad thing necessarily and inherently of it, in and of itself, where it's like, okay, um, you can never take your mind off something. something. Sometimes you need to take your mind off something to give yourself a rest, build the resources to then continue to process it. So I just want to caveat by saying that. But if it's an avoidance strategy of like, oh, yes, let's distract you with this shiny, pretty thing over here mm-hmm. so you're not feeling sad, then what's going to end up happening is that I, I may and a lot of people in that situation would shut down and go well okay I'm this person wants me to be happy so I'm going to force myself to be happy in order to make them happy or rather to not make them uncomfortable Um, so this is like just a few just a couple of the ways that toxic positivity shows up and compromises our needs and obviously if Serena, if I go to Serena and she does something that causes me to compromise my own needs, and there's nuance in this, obviously, because yes, we're responsible for our our own needs and meeting them. But if how she responds to my thing is actually undermining what I'm what's going on or invalidating my experience then actually she could be compromising my needs and because of interconnectedness she's actually going to be compromising her own as well she doesn't do this by the way she's amazing when it comes to emotions (laughs) and uh, allowing me to um, experience express them and holding space and all the things that kind of go along with that just just an example of 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 a a possibility that could happen and frequently happens in our society and we we took a while to get there too Mm. because now it's sometimes you know, for Claire, it's like, I, I just need to get out of this space. I want to go dancing. I want to go sing. I want to do these things. But for me to come in and be like, this is what you need. This is going to make you feel better. No. What would what would feel good to you right now? And that's, it's asking the questions and me making sure I'm not, I'm honoring where she's at. If I want to be a support, like if I'm there to be a support, I want to be supportive to her, well, not to what my imagination thinks she needs. Because 99% of the time it could be let's go dancing and then 1% she's like 
No, I just want to cry. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing about it is, it's like there's even a like a different question that kind of sits underneath the one that Serena suggested, which is like, like what would make you feel better? Well, do you want to feel better in that moment? Um, and actually, sometimes the path to healing isn't about feeling better immediately. Sometimes we need to drop deeper into what's present um, in order to fully feel it, to express it and release it. And therefore, for it to, then that's when we genuinely feel better. And it's that difference between, and this is where the toxic positivity really kind of is is amplified, is where we're, we're trying to create this false feeling of being better because we're not actually feeling good rather than creating true healing, which happens when we process. Um, I remember I went through um, a breakup um, several years ago and it was the first time that the uh, one of the mentors who I worked with um, was one of the first people who said to me, like I was, I was express, expressing kind of how I was feeling. And she was the one who said to me, um, okay, let's take a to take a breath like that why don't you just drop deeper into that feeling and it was like oh my god someone's actually inviting me and encouraging me to feel my feelings when they're not yeah (laughs) when they're not the most comfortable feelings but that's what I needed I needed to actually that was what was present and um some people might have gone and I do know like coaches and mentors who'd have gone oh it's really good that you're acknowledging that so what we're like how do we let's let's get you where you want to be which is like yes I want to be um and I I mean I have this thing that comes up every time I, I go through a breakup I've shared it on a previous podcast where it's like when I go through a breakup, I was like, oh God, I wish it was three, six, nine, 12 months from now, because I know I will get to the point where I feel better, but I know to get to that point, I've got to feel what's present. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the most comfortable process, but it is the one that's going to get me healed. And that's the most important thing. And I think that toxic positivity is one of the things that norm- that, that blocks healing quite often in these sorts of situations. And it's what kind of creates a, um, in the previous episode with our emotional soup like that's what creates emotional soup is when you keep you're like oh I didn't process it and you may process it a little bit and the going deeper thing when I first became part of this process I was like so I'm upset and you're telling me that I should go a little deeper and be more upset I'm not telling you I'm asking you if that would be helpful (laughs) or inviting you to explore that as a possibility and that's the thing it's an it's invitation a, it's an invitation and sometimes it's like, you can oh, take it or no no yeah. no 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 I don't have the capacity for that and then sometimes it's like I have to deal with this mm-hmm. actually yeah there's somebody here to support me in mm-hmm. dealing with this and it is it's the choice which then reinforces your own personal power ding 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 um, and something I want to say before I lose it, we're going to try and keep the train out of the episode today. Um, so train of thought, but and there I go. Um, positive, uh, toxic positivity sets an expectation and a bar almost for others and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an unrealistic bar. It's not even it's not even there because it it's not realistic. But when we get into this but habit... But we still relate to it as if it is. It, we do. And we mm. get in this habit like, oh, it has to be positive and everybody has to be positive and I have to be the sunshine in this person's day. Oh, this person is, you know, been sick or down in the dumps or all these things. And instead of, great, you're not going into the hole with them because mm. we don't suggest that necessarily either. Right. But trying to kind of put this sparkly well, I- glaze on it isn't... It isn't helping anybody. It's not helping anyone. And there's a difference between jumping into the hole with somebody, i.e. you're jumping into your own hole while somebody else is in theirs, and sitting in the hole with them while they're in their hole. There's mm-hmm. a difference between those. And we'll do an episode uh, in the future about holding space and the difference between collapsing into somebody's experience and pulling away from it and what holding space is, is actually just being present with it, with them while they're being present with whatever's going on. Um, but I think that that's, I think, you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think that so often this, it sets this unrealistic expectation of how life should be. I mean, it's like looking at freaking social media, <laughs> like looking at Instagram and it's like, this is what life is for everybody. No, bullshit. That's not what everybody's life is. That's the toxic positivity version of their life quite often. And then that's one of the things, the reason that I'm very mindful of when I share on social media, I share what's present. And that sometimes it's, it's, it's funny because often like I'll share that I'm struggling with something and people will think, oh God, we've got to support Claire and I'm not 
not sharing it for support. I mean, as much as I appreciate it, I normally have all the support I need either within myself or with the people who are closest to me, but I'm sharing it so that there is an accurate representation of my life, that it is this balanced whole experience of all of the emotions that are present. And I think that when we, when we get into this kind of toxic positivity, and it's especially toxic when we, um, when we're dealing with difficult subject matter and when we're difficult, dealing with difficult situations. So for example, like when we're starting to look at the social justice and privilege stuff, if everybody's wanting everyone to be comfortable and everyone to be happy, you're not doing your work because that work does not involve being comfortable and you you cannot be comfortable while doing that work if you're dismantling your privilege it is an inherently uncomfortable process it has to be because one of the benefits of privilege is that your comfort has been centered and prioritized and in order to collapse that and start to dismantle it your comfort has to be deprioritized and decentered in the conversation and the comfort of the person who's been harmed has to be centered and that's the thing is that when we want to to, to have these conversations in a um, in a polite, kind, comfortable way. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be harsh or we need to be um, brutal in how we're approaching this. There's a very big difference in being direct um, and being um, and being brutal. And a lot of the time when we're in these situations, because of our privilege, we take directness as an attack or we take um, directness as someone being brutal with us when actually we're just calling it what it is. Um, and we're not used to that because we're used to having our comfort catered to. So a lot of the time that kind of toxic positivity enters those spaces because it's like, oh, well, I want everyone to be happy and I want everyone to be comfortable. And that's not possible within those spaces and for the work to truly be being done. I know I've, I've had this experience when I've been talking about male privilege with uh, with men and it's like um, that people have said to me, oh, well, I, I need to talk about it in a certain way. And I want to talk about it in a way where they can hear me, like the person I'm speaking to can hear what I'm saying. Um, and there is a there's an art, a line, a balance. There is not a formula for this. There's not a right way of doing it. So it's not like, here's the solution on how to do this, which is part of the reason it's so challenging. So I want to have a conversation, but I also don't want them to be comfortable because if they're comfortable, they're not really doing the work. In the same way as if I'm comfortable and I'm dismantling my privilege, I'm not really doing the work because it's inherently uncomfortable to look and face the reality of these systems and the reality of our complicity and our active participation in these systems or passive participation in these mm. systems. And that's uncomfortable to look at. And if we're wanting everything to be positive, then it's, it, it, I would say whitewashes. I mean, obviously depending on like quite literally, um, depending on the privilege we're talking about, but it creates this, um, this, veneer which means that that the work actually isn't being done um and so i think that that's that's one of the ways it shows up the other way that it shows up is when it comes to inspiration <laughs> inspiration's a, a a muddy place um because quite often when you think about like inspirational quotes a lot of the inspirational quotes they are about toxic positivity they are about creating this this veneer of everything's wonderful and everything's sunshine and everything's rainbows and it's like and there's nothing wrong with wanting to create something that feels positive something that feels good there's a difference between there's a neutrality in the space and I want to create something so I'm going to put my energy in towards creating something that feels constructive I don't even think like the, the word positive has got so much charge with around it or positivity has got so much charge around it like something that feels nourishing and constructive and supportive that's absolutely a great thing but when sometimes these things are used to bypass it's like oh there's something uncomfortable and sticky and yucky here and I'm going to use this oh this inspirational quote comes in that tells me oh here's how you do this um I mean, I see it a lot. I've, I've seen it a lot in the personal development space. I can't tell you how often the techniques that are taught in personal development spaces are about um, ignoring or avoiding or repressing or um, distracting from what's really going on. Whereas it's like, oh, you're feeling this, do this so that you'll, you won't feel that anymore. And it's like, but if that's what's present and it's a valid emotion because of this thing that I've experienced, 
I got to process that in order to heal it. And it's the reason that a lot of personal development actually gets in the way of true personal healing because a lot of it is bypassing what's really going on, certainly from an emotional standpoint. Um, with the toxic positivity posts, mm. um, one thing that always kind of, at this point in my journey, that always kind of like, oh, like I see what you did there, is kind of disregarding and invalidating past experiences, past mm -hmm. traumas, past, mm -hmm. you know, struggles and being like, well, you learn from it. And, you know, this was meant to happen. It's or almost going one step further than invalidating and undermining. It's almost um, celebrating and uh, and like revering in some way. These you should be happy that you had, had this, this happen because you're here now. Like because that's what's made you who you are. And it's like, ugh, sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm having like I'd like literally my, my body physically. I mean, obviously, I was exaggerating that, exaggerating that a little bit, but like my body has a physical response to that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I jumped in the middle of what mm -hmm. you were saying, but I just it's it's almost further that you were saying that it 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 undermines those experiences. And I can only imagine like the different layers of marginalization. Like mm. if that's impacting me here, like. Right. Yeah, people reading it who do not have the understanding of need. Like I just, I, that's why we're getting this out here because right. like it's so important to to be connected with what's actually present and what's actually real and what's happened. And as somebody who I've experienced a number of traumas in my life, we both have, and it's very it, a lot of the time. Um, in these kind of spaces, those things are positioned as like, well, that's made me who I am. And like, and it's almost like that's something I'm grateful for. And it's like, I mean, I went through an incredibly toxic and at times abusive relationship. And I know that if that hadn't existed, the universal needs might not exist in its current form. That doesn't make me grateful for that experience. Um, like, this is what I chose to do and create from that experience. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make that a good experience. And it will never make that a good experience. Um, it's what I chose to create out of the, almost out of the ashes of what happened to me. And that's my choice to do that. But that doesn't mean to say the thing that burned to the ground was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it might, you, you can take opportunity from things and you can take, the um these experiences and learn from them and those that's learning is about your choice to, to to take something from it but let's stop referring to these traumas and these incidents and these experiences that people have had that have caused real harm at a at a deep level um, and we, we will go into um the different levels of trauma and what that means about in the context of needs in another episode um but the those things have had a very real impact on our needs sometimes momentary sometimes for years sometimes generationally mm -hmm. and to suggest that that's a good thing is beyond harmful because what it does is it positions those things as being a as I said something to be celebrated and it almost means that when someone's in that situation it's like well maybe this is the thing that I need in order to get me where I'm going rather than having the alarm bells going, this is toxic, get out now. You don't need to go through it and have a trauma in order for you to grow to be the person that you want to be. Um, and I think that's a very, very dangerous thing that kind of comes into these spaces. Something that just came to me as you were saying that is almost the flip side of that as well. Um, as you may or may not know, my mom passed away six years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was a very, I mean, it was, there was a lot around that mm -hmm. and I have since processed and I create a positive like what I've created from that has been very positive and it, it is part of who I am today and it's interesting when I put a positive when I express the positivity that I have around my experience with my mother's death mm -hmm. and you know what I've kind of created with it a lot of times people, because I'm the one being positive about it, it's almost like they flip and they're like, oh, well, her mom died. We've got to be really sad about this. And like, yes, it's a sad thing. Don't get me wrong. But it's like once when I'm positive. Or about, that you're being accused of toxic positivity. Toxic, around, yeah. They're like, no, you can be sad. And I was like, I know. I, I know. And there are days that I, that I am. And most of the time I'm trying to create something differently. But it's like. 
Well, it's and again, it's that wholeness thing. It's the it's the wholeness of the experience, um, and wholeness is one of the needs that sits in the the leaves and the fruit of the universal needs tree. But the interesting thing about this is, is that there are very few situations in life that are entirely positive or entirely negative, and as a as a race, um, certainly in the West, what we tend to do is we tend to try to make something either wholly positive or wholly negative. And that's not the reality because yes, obviously it was tragic that your mom died as early as she did. And of course you would have wanted to spend more time with her and her passing meant that she wasn't in pain, that she was. And it's not that that's a good, it's not a good thing that she passed. It's not a bad thing that she passed. It is just a thing. And it's a moment that has all of these experiences attached to it. Like there are things out about of it. I remember there's a there's a great TED talk called uh, Beyond Closure, which is actually about death. And I can't remember the lady. I'll put the the link to it in the show notes. Um, and she talks about the fact that. Um, and I watched it when I'd lost somebody close to me, and I was looking for something to help me kind of navigate through that that journey of grief. And one of the things that she talked about is that when somebody dies, that we want to put it in a box. And have closure. Fuck what, your box. Sorry? I said, fuck your box. <laughs> yeah, we don't do boxes. We don't do boxes. Um, well, what she's talking about is like wanting to put it in a box and the closure of that, as in like the, and like it's like people want a closure to the grief. They want a completion to the grief. What they want to do is put it on a shelf mm-hmm. and not have to think about it and not have to feel about it anymore. But the reality is, is that the grief that we feel is inherently connected to the love that we feel for that person. And by putting it on a box and closing it, we disconnect from that as well. And so what she was saying about is that most people who have lost somebody, they want people to ask. So tell me, like, what was your favorite memory of that person? They want to tell the stories. And yes, it might create, there might be sadness in that telling of the story because that they're no longer here. And there's joy in it as well and there's love in it and it's like all of these things are present um i was just thinking, feeling this is resonating oh well it, we we had said we went out on the boat this past weekend and it was to honor um one of claire's family members and it actually happened to be my mother's birthday as well mm-hmm. and interestingly we were talking about the day she died and i'm i mean it was if you know me if you know my mom it was part of me wants to say perfect and like the weirdness it, was, of the, it felt right in how it happened yes and <laughs> we were laughing about it and everybody was laughing about it on the boat and it was yeah. like it was something that initially I couldn't talk about it felt good and it was like yeah mm-hmm. and I can now that I've processed the grief in it I can enjoy what was like the day she died what was good in that right and there were some amazing moments that I still get to talk about it. I still get to laugh about it. But if I had, comp- I could have easily boxed that day up right. and been like, nope. nope. Yeah. But every day I wake up and my mom's not here. Right. So if I'm not going to deal with it, it's not like one day I'm going to wake up and be like, oh, it's fine. Right. Like, well, and it's interesting because I was, I, I had a similar thing. Like um, I'm about to go on a vacation. In fact, I think I may actually be on vacation when this drops um so i may be um already there and um we used to go i'm going with my family and um we went with a very very dear friend who was a adopted family member um and this is the first time i will be going back to that location without him and he was always a part of those experiences and if if he were still with us he would be coming i'm i've no doubt about that at all um and it's interesting how um just last night um i was talking about this and i was saying it's going to be weird like not having him there um and i said to the person i was with i was like did i ever show you the memorial video i made um for him and he said no and i said i said i said let me show you and it's this piece of this video that's got like all of these photos of these like funny moments and these like in jokes and there's little clips of video of um, him and another friend dancing in France badly, but still managing, which for them was a real achievement, (laughs) Um, like with music that had meaning. And it was like, I was watching it last night and that, that it's that, that there's almost like a clash of the emotions inside of me of like, there's such joy and laughter and love in those memories. And there's still that bit of sweetness of the fact that, that 
those memories, we, I want you to create more of them this time. And it's like, and yes, it's all true. Like mm-hmm. that thing doesn't have to be. And that's the thing is, I think it's interesting because this started out as being a podcast about toxic positivity, but I think it's actually a podcast about wholeness mm-hmm. and about how we don't want to be toxically positive or toxically negative. What we want to do is embrace and acknowledge and allow all of the emotions that are present around something. And actually it's one of the re- things that we struggle with in our society is said, like we tend to make something right or wrong, good, bad. So it's like, oh, this is a bad situation. So I must feel bad about it. So I must feel sad. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, this is a good situation. So I must feel happy about it. It's like, yay. Like, for example, like when somebody finds out they're pregnant, often that can be a good experience. Sometimes it's a not so great experience. But even if somebody wants to get pregnant, <laughs> there's a reality that comes with that. Like, okay, sleepless nights on the horizon and my body's going to change or my the person I'm with's body's going to change and they're going to go through some experience. Like the, it's not all just one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that the toxicity comes in trying to make something all one thing or all another and not honoring the wholeness and the realness of every experience. And any time that we are not honoring and respecting and um, valuing the whole experience, there's going to be some toxicity in that because we're denying part of the experience for whatever reason, either because we think it's the appropriate thing to do. If like, oh God, like I can't laugh about my dead mom because that's not appropriate, quote unquote, to the rest of the world and everyone else will think I'm weird. Some people don't care. (laughs) I obviously have zero fucks about that. I've been making people uncomfortable since... Uh, probably since before I was well, like, <laughs> and the thing about it is not intentionally. It's no. not like you're trying to make somebody uncomfortable. You're being you I'm, and you're being real about it. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, in this moment I'm joking. And sometimes I'll be laughing and crying all at the same time. And that feels good because mm. I'm not holding back any of it. Because it, when my mom first passed, I got a lot. Of, and I think I've mentioned this before. I got a lot of kind of pushback on how I was handling it. Because I was A, doing me. I was B, doing what my mom would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was C, I was, I, even before I, I knew about this work, before Claire was a twinkle in my eye type of thing. Twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> you're so twinkly. I'm so twinkly. I'm sparkly, you're twinkly. I have, I have moments. <laughs> but I'm not always twinkly. Sometimes yes. I'm like a little black cloud and that's fine too. Like I'm all of the, like we're all of the weather. All of the types of weathers at the same time. I'm not sure we really sure that twinkly is a type of weather, but hey. Well, then the stars when it's clear. Well, yeah, there we go. Sorry, I'm oh, Back to my dead mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even stuff like that, like if I had to hold that part back of me because I felt I had to be mm-hmm. super sad or that I could only talk about like appropriate happy memories, mm-hmm. I, 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 I literally wouldn't be me. I, right. I, it, and you wouldn't be representing the truth of your relationship with your mom and who just, your mom is and... And that's, I feel in, because I've been able to be where I'm at with it, when I'm at with it, how I'm at with it, I surround my people, surround myself with people who understand me, understand emotions, understand the good, the bad. Who's that? I don't know. I'll introduce you sometime. Oh, cool. Um, I'm able to process, I'm able to bring her like to life and, you know, people sometimes are very surprised when they found out that my mom's actually died. Mm -hmm. They're like. Oh, oh, I thought she was still alive. Like, I thought she was going to come and make us Bloody Marys next weekend. Well, it's funny. I was saying the other day, like, it's weird because I never met Sharon. Mm-hmm. And yet I feel like I know her. Like, I feel like we've spent time. I mean, we have spent, like, if you've ever seen the photos of us out with Flat Sharon, which is the <laughs> flat cartoon representation of Serena's mom, um, we have technically spent time together. Um, but I feel like, like, I know her. Like, I like I knew her. Like, I, and it's funny, like, I'll, I'll someone, oh, God, yeah, that was Serena's mom. And then I, and someone was, oh, so you knew it. No, I didn't. But yeah, I do. Because I feel like I know her through Serena being completely real about, her and about the experience around her life and her death and all the things in between the other things i want to the other thing i want to add to this is that a lot of the time the reason for the toxic positivity is because we uh, either we feel like we've been trained to do that as in like we've been like we must focus you must focus on the positive like good vibes only positive vibes only i mean how many of those hashtags do we know and see and it's like no that's not real but a lot of the time the reason for the 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 toxic positivity is because we are not comfortable with 
real emotion because we haven't a lot of the times like when we haven't gone to those places within ourselves we haven't let ourselves go to the places of sadness or anger or frustration or disappointment or whatever it is that we are very uncomfortable witnessing somebody else go through it for a couple of reasons one we don't know how to deal with it because we haven't dealt with it ourselves and two it can sometimes trigger that stuff within us and that's where as like we were talking about earlier you're not sitting in the hole with somebody while they're in the hole you collapse into your own hole and you're both in separate holes, but together, which is not helpful to anyone either. Um, that's not to say you shouldn't process your own stuff, but it's like if somebody's in the hole, maybe that's a good opportunity for you to be like, okay, I'm going to sit with you while you're in your hole. Then I'm going to go and deal with my hole and I'm going to go and heal my way out of my own hole as well. But us sitting in the holes, just like uh, wallowing in the holes together is not necessarily always helpful and not necessarily a bad thing. We've both, we've, we've done that simultaneous hole sitting. <laughs> yes. Um, not wallowing. No. It's processing like, oh, you're in a to hole. heal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I be supportive in any way? Yeah. Like I'm here. Yeah. Okay. You're into your hole still. Cool. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, if, but I think that's the thing is that so often people don't know how to be with somebody when they're being with challenging emotions. And so that that trying to like force that positivity, like they're trying to force them. It's a little bit like when um, there's we've, we've talked about this in the um, emotions series that we did. And I'll, again, I'll put the um, um, the episodes in the show notes. Like when we talk about the emotional tunnel where it's like it's important to go through the emotional tunnel. A lot of the time that toxic positivity is like, no, I don't like that tunnel. Let's pull you out of that tunnel and put you over here because I know how to deal with this. I know how to deal with someone who's happy. I know how to deal with someone who's fine. I know who's to deal with somebody, even who's someone who's just putting a fine, like a happy mask on things because everything's fine. Like I know how to deal with that. I don't know how to deal with the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to be in that tunnel. Um, so that toxic positivity and that, that, that can be us doing that to ourselves. It's like, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to pull myself out of the emotional tunnel. Oh, okay, okay, that was weird and scary in there because we've never done it. And the mm -hmm. reality is, is that how we learn how to do it is by doing it and by getting support from people who can guide us through that process. It's a process that I take clients through on a regular basis where a lot of clients haven't actually processed their emotions. They need just a space where they can come and be like, I'm really scared about this emotional stuff because I've never done it before. And they need someone who is going to be with them so that if they feel lost in the middle of it, which actually very rarely happens, mm -hmm. or if they that there's this fear that they're going to be overwhelmed or drown in it, that there's going to be someone there to support them and help them guide them through that emotional roller coaster or that emotional mire that they're in in order to get to the point where they feel like they can kind of continue on their own and um, the more i want to just on, jump in the sure. more that that happens mm. at first it, it's hard it's hard to for the first couple of times to be like oh shit i'm actually gonna walk through it instead of going around it like usual and then it becomes really like it becomes easier yes i don't want to yeah. say it's easy, easy because you're still processing and it's I think it's not that it's easy it's uh it's it's still uncomfortable mm -hmm. but it is so much easier and it's almost inviting because you know what it feels like to have process like mm -hmm. what does it feel like to not carry things I mean some of the littlest things that I used to carry around with me mm -hmm. mind-blowing how heavy they were right and it's because I pushed it down and it was like a little niggle to begin with mm -hmm. and then the longer that niggle sits it kind of grows into its own manifestation it's like oh where the fuck did you come from <laughs> like yeah like right. oh. <laughs> Well, and it's like, because I, I remember I had a friend of mine who once said to me, she said, Clay, you're one of the weirdest people I know. I know. I'm like, oh, I'll take that as a compliment. Sorry. Thank you very much. Like, what do you mean, though? Thanks, um, Captain Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she said to me, she said, you're the only person I know that when you see heartbreak on the horizon, you walk towards it rather than away from it. And I said to her, like, I remember saying to her, that's not because I enjoy heartbreak. It's because if I know that's on my path, mm -hmm. I want to get in it and through it as quickly and as uh, easily as possible with as much ease as possible. Because I know that if I don't, it's gonna hang, hang around. If I walk the other way, it's gonna follow me. Like I don't, I don't get to avoid it. I don't get to ignore it. It's gonna continue to be present in my life until I process through it. So yeah, if I see that on the horizon, damn straight i'm gonna i'm gonna dive in and go through it because i know that through doing it that way it'll be quicker and easier there'll be less um it'll be it'll impact me far less than if i um try to avoid it or deny it or ignore it or repress it or any of the other mm -hmm. things that we do to try to um resist what is actually present 
um, little side note for mm-hmm. future podcasts about relationships that no longer serve us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stay yeah. tuned for that one. Absolutely. I do want to make a, a note on another toxic positivity that I don't think people really initially will identify as toxic positivity. If you're talking to a friend and you're talking about all these things that are going on and let's say that it's not in the positive space so to speak so you might be sick you might be going through something at work you might have a bunch of things going on and if you're talking to somebody and you're having this intense deep conversation or telling them about the things that are going on that aren't positive and then they maybe they acknowledge it but then at the end they slather on like a thick layer of toxic positivity at the end but oh you know I hope things are going to be great and it's going to be magical and like all of these things it's like did you hear what I said like well I think that a lot of that again it's that same thing of like we don't we don't know what it is to just sit with what's present and a lot of the time it's like I'm going to tell you all the stuff that's going on and I'm going to tell you all the stuff that's going on but I don't want to leave the conversation on a quote unquote negative note I'm leaving it on a real note, but okay. Um, so it's like, so yeah, this has been great. Like it was really good catching up. Like things, like things are amazing right now. Blah blah blah. And it's like, it's it's almost like the um, it sort of reminds me of the shit sandwich. Yeah. Like because like people are taught at work, like if you're giving feedback to do it mm-hmm. as a shit sandwich, which is you do something positive, you give the quote unquote constructive criticism in the middle, and then you finish with something mm-hmm. positive. And it's almost like we've got into that habit of like, oh, I must start positive and finish positive, otherwise like the world's going to collapse and the re- and the reality is that's not true like it actually you can be like you could just be like thank you for listening i've really i've really i, I really it's really helped me to talk about this mm-hmm. um or i just really appreciate the fact that you you heard what i said like on the other side of it simply witnessing oh yeah. i hear you like that sounds challenging identifying with it and being like you know i hope things get better like in even even that like the part of the chat yes that can be a, that can be helpful and, and this is and with as with all of these things there's nuance mm-hmm. like it's not that there's a this is a good thing to do or not a good thing to do there may be i know sometimes that if, for me personally like when somebody said to me depending on who it is if someone says to me oh, i hope it gets better i know that the next time they speak to me they're hoping they want me to be in a better place it's almost like the rush to there's like a pressure a pressure to, to oh, be like you better. have to be better exactly to be in that better space if serena says to me i hope that gets better i know she just genuinely means i hope that you move through this to a point where it mm-hmm. feels better soon and you stay there as long as you need to because that's what it means to it, process and yeah heal. it's not the rush to get out of the space it's mm-hmm. but even just as you were saying like you can do the witnessing thing of like I hear you that sounds really difficult and the and, and then be like um is there anything I can do to support you like that is a that's a something you can offer in that space which is not about oh everything's going to mm-hmm. be fine or like even that that's the thing is that like a lot of the time is that it'll be da 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 I'm experiencing all these things I'm telling you about soon, but I know I'll be fine. And it's like, well, we like we all know. Like, if, if I was saying, if I said that to Serena, she'd be like, well, duh, we yeah. know we're going to be fine, but that's <laughs> not what's present right now. Um, and I think you would like look at me sideways if I said that. I'm like, why is she saying that? That's unnecessary. Yeah, we don't need to say that to feel in alignment with what's going on. Yeah, just hearing you say it, it's like that's. That's not a thing you say. <laughs> no, because we're real and, we, and we're and we just honest about where it's at. And I think that... Posi- fine, oh, go on. Positivity. Like if you, want, if you want to give somebody positivity, if you're trying to... Positivity can be love. Positivity can be like oh, at the end of a... I, con- I, I got to jump in. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. My question to you is why do you want to give somebody positivity? Okay. I'm going to rephrase that. It's not positivity I'm talking about let me tell you what I'm talking about and then maybe you can figure out what I'm trying to say no I know what you're trying to say I just want to start I just want to to touch on this first because you're absolutely like a lot of people do want to give somebody else positivity but normally that's actually about meeting their own needs because mm-hmm. they're uncomfortable with the other person not being positive so it's like let me give you some positivity oh. so I can make you better and even if it's not positivity even if it is just that they want to give something I'm trying to fix the situation mm-hmm. like that view of like oh you're broken you need to be fixed here's the thing that will fix it and yeah. I'm going to make it better for you bit of the rescuer dynamic which we're going to talk about in a further podcast as well recovering um, 
yes. sometimes struggling as you so, did. So I think that what you're, what you're, at, what you are actually trying to, what <laughs> being that I know you, what I know that you would want to be suggesting in this, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, you can call me out if I'm talking bullshit. She's always in my head. So this isn't (laughs) like this, this is okay. Yeah. (laughs) And I know she'll go, nah, that's not it. If I say something and she's like, oh no, that's not resonating. Um, When somebody's in those spaces, if you want to offer support, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between offering support for where somebody is at and wanting to offer positivity, which tends to be about changing where somebody is at. So it's like, how can I support where you are right now? So I can send you love, or I can um, say that I'm with you, or that let you remind you that you're not alone, or let you know that um, I'm free to talk at this time if you would like. That there are things that you can do to offer support to somebody, but there's a difference between supporting them and trying to give them something they don't have because you view that they should have this thing. Mm-hmm. And that that's the don't. motivation for you giving it to them yes. is them. Yes, that, that is correct. <laughs> and there's just times that like a simple, just want you to know I love you. Mm-hmm. Like mm. that's that's what, that, like more so than the sprinkling of the positive toxicity, the top toxic. Toxic positivity? Yeah. That thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that, that's like, yes, that. Yeah. I, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, like with the two of us, that's one of the things that Serena does so frequently. Like if I'm if I'm going through it, and there have been some times recently where I've been going through some shit, let's be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and the it's one- It's like of, an open face shit sandwich. <laughs> 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 um, the thing about it is, is that so often I'll share that with Serena and there are three sentences, like three phrases of some like varying degrees of variation that tend to come from her. I hear you, so I feel heard and acknowledged. You're not alone in this, so it's a reminder that I have support and I love you. That alone, it's like, thank you. Like, I, I, it, it doesn't make me feel better about the stuff that I'm dealing with, but it, but it's that reminder that I have support and I have somebody who is willing to be with me when I am being with the shit and that I'm not doing that by myself. I have to process it for myself. That's something I do myself because that's part of the healing. But the thing is that by, by knowing somebody is there with me while I'm dealing with it just makes it feel a little less cumbersome to deal with and a little less overwhelming. And that honestly is the most supportive thing that I get. And Serena is one of the people who says that, um, who says those things to me. I've got a very dear friend in the Netherlands, Sharona, who also like we've, we've learned through going through these, going through life with each other, the things that are supportive that the other person can hear. And, and, and so often it's like, here's what's going on in my life right now. And it's like, I can't make that better and I don't want to. I just want you to know that I'm with you and I love you. The check-in is also something Mm -hmm. that has, is really, I mean, I think it's a really important thing. If you know somebody close to you is going through this shit and they they open up to you about said shit, like checking in a day or two later, being like, just want to. Just checking in. Just checking in, thinking of you. Mm -hmm. Even, there are times we we have an understanding, zero capacity, still acknowledge, just an emoji. Mm Mm-hmm. It's some form of connection and it's some form of them. And the, the checking in, and here's the thing, again, it, depending, if there was somebody else in my life who was checking in, I'm like, oh God, they want me to be better and I'm really mm-hmm. not. If it's Serena, I know she just genuinely wants to let me know I'm not alone, let me know she's thinking of me and see how I'm doing mm-hmm. um, and just check in and see where I'm at with my process. And there are some days it's like, I'm in bed. <laughs> <laughs> the world sucks today. Um, and she'll be like, I hear you and I'm sending you love. I'm like, thank you. Love you. That's like, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the it. conversation. And there are some days where it's like, actually, I'm feeling much better today. Like, here's what's, here's how I've processed over the last couple of days and here's what's happening. Um, and so I think that's the key thing with this is this not having an expectation for where you want somebody to be and being willing to be with them where they're at. And not having an expectation of where you should be because mm-hmm. of how, you know, we've been conditioned as a society right. or, you know, your dynamics in your relationships, like... And finding the places where you can be real. Mm-hmm. And the people you can be real with. Yes, absolutely. Like, holy real. 
all, all of, of me. <laughs> and, and I mean, then sometimes that's a lot. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Okay, a lot of the time it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that I know I can be all of that with Serena and mm-hmm. it's not going to um, – it's that – actually, not only can I be that, she wants me to be that. Like, And I'll call – and it, we'll call each other if we're not being that. It's like, yeah, really? You want to go a little deeper with that? It's like, oh, fuck. I mean, yeah, okay. I've stopped trying to <laughs> – if anybody who's worked with Claire knows this, like there's a point where it's like you just stop trying to mask, mask things because she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, now tell me what's really going on. It's right. like, fuck. But it, it shows you how conditioned we are. Mm-hmm. Like it was hard to get to that point where I could just show up as I was feeling. And it was it took somebody calling me on it consistently. I'm like, oh, how many people in my again. life just let me, <laughs> yeah. like. Well, again, because it's easier. Mm-hmm. It, they don't have to deal with the, and I, I'll call you because it, I'm, I can deal with the messy stuff just as easily as I can deal with the, the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. The fun stuff sometimes is more fun to deal with, but I don't, it's not about what I want to do. It's about, I want to be with you where you're at. Well, in dealing with the messy stuff when it's present, the messy, the hard stuff means that when we have the fun stuff, there is nothing like. It's really fun. It's yeah. It's really fun. Like, <laughs> we have some serious fun, but it's it's un, unadulterated fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's like there's no holding back. There's nothing else in the space. It's like this is just what's present, and it's really cool. We're Anything cool chips. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> tweet tweet. Um, <laughs> I was watching. Sorry, because it came up. I was watching a, a movie this morning. Um, it was a cartoon movie. <laughs> This person said he was signing something, um, but he was using a chicken's beak to do it. And he was like, if you sign something using a bird, it's called tweeting. (laughs) Sorry, just had to leave on that note because it made me smile this morning. Anything you want to add about toxic positivity? Not that that was toxic positivity. Wanting to end on a joke, it just was present. Um, That's what was in the space. So I decided to share it. (laughs) And that's like, we're going to talk about absolutes. Like, yeah, sometimes it, it... Sometimes it is ending on a joke. Yeah. like, And sometimes it isn't. It's just honoring what's present. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? That's it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, We will speak to you again really soon. Um, Stay safe. Remember to keep meeting your needs. And um, in the meantime, we're sending you lots of love. Bye. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review. As it will help more people find us. And remember, toxic positivity very rarely meets anyone's needs. What really meets your needs is being human and whole. Well, shit. It really is that simple.